0: Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. The final from Tropicana Field in Tampa Bay. It's the Tampa Bay Rays 6, the Cleveland Guardians 4. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy watching baseball being played. And first off, this is probably going to be a shorter episode than normal. We're just going to get into the game really quick. I told you I went to the Elton John concert last night, and you can probably hear it in my voice. Uh, It's not really there, so we're going to talk just a little bit, and then i got to go make breakfast for my guests. And, uh, yeah, we're going to move on. Eh, The Guardians lost, so we're going to move on with our day. We're going to hope that the Guardians can win this series. It's a three-game set, so unlike Chicago and unlike Boston, somebody's got to win this series now. So uh, it's up to the Guardians and another bullpen day, another freaking Brian Shaw bullpen day. Who knows? Maybe this one will work too. Maybe Francona is just that lucky. Um, Yeah, let's get into it And uh, let's get into the Elton John concert My god, if you've never seen him live You're running out of opportunities <laughs> He is wrapping things up as far as touring goes uh, And it's a it's a heck of a show It's a good show Progressive Field was rocking The place was packed Wall-to-wall people uh, It was rocking He starts slow, he builds He gives you some of the slow stuff early Benny and the Jets, Tiny Dancer kind of works up to it and then closes out with like the big, like up on your feet, dancing songs like uh, the Bitch is back, uh, sad songs, uh, Saturday night, and then came out for a great encore. Did your song and did uh yellow brick road. Of course it's the, the farewell yellow brick road tour. Like what is he going to close with? Of course the title song of the tour. So It was a really, really nice performance. Uh, You can tell that he had some fond memories of performing in Cleveland. It's not the most important stop on his tour, right? I'm sure there's other cities that have more impactful meaning than Cleveland does. But he had fond memories of performing here in the city. So it was a lot of fun. It was fun to see progressive field used that way. These baseball stadium shows are a lot of fun. Uh, These big outdoor shows. So you can hear it, man. I was screaming my head off. I was singing every song. Uh yeah, it was a good time. There was a baseball game. All right. What happened in the baseball game? Uh the Guardians got absolutely mowed down by Corey Kluber. I mean, that's the top storyline of the game. Kluber, whose strikeouts haven't been what they've always been? I mean, you would expect the guys getting up there in age. Uh, so his strikeouts have fallen off a little bit. 36 years old. But the other thing that's fallen with the strikeouts just a touch is the walks. He's not walking anybody. So it makes his strikeout to walk ratio look really good. In fact, his strikeouts per 9 are down this season at 8.06. He's always been above 9 strikeouts per 9 for most of his career. Uh, you know, take away maybe his early seasons. His walks, uh it's down to the lowest of his career at 1.37. So uh, balance that out, you end up with a strikeout-to-walk ratio, even if the strikeouts aren't too high, at 5.88. So Kluber still is dealing, and he doesn't walk anybody in this one. So it you know, proves that it continues. He's 7-6 uh, he's and six on the season with a 4.03 ERA and 20 starts. He's got a whip down at 115. I mean, he's still a good pitcher. He's still a very, very good pitcher and uh, despite one bad pitch to Andres Jimenez he had himself a heck of a game i mean we got to give it up for the former cleveland indian we got to give it up for him uh he was very very good on the day and uh, what was working for him oh my god what he calls the sweeper the curve slurve slider type pitch they call it a curve on baseball savant but oh my god was that pitch working he was just locking guys up with it. If we go over to the illustrator and we take a look at all his strikeouts on the day, uh, out of the 10, six of them come on that curve. And let me see here. How many called strikes? Four of them. Four of them were called strikes. He did get Ahmed Rosario. Of course, Ahmed Rosario chased one in the other batter's box. Of course he did. That's the Ahmed Rosario thing to do uh, in the first inning. But he locks up Owen Miller with it on an 0 2 count in the uh, second inning, just mowing guys down. Locks up for Reyes with one in that second inning. Uh, these ends at, to these right handed hitters, too. Uh, he gets Luke Maley in there. Uh, that was after Maley had fouled one off his foot and he just he couldn't even swing the bat. I uh, just stared at it. Um, Well, all these guys did. All these right-handed hitters. He throws it inside to the right-handed hitters, and there's just nothing they can do with it. It's on an 0-2 count, too. So uh, for Mealy, it was a 1-2 count. For for Emil Reyes, 0-2. For Owen Miller, an 0-2 count. And it just absolutely freezes these right-handed hitters. They can't do anything with it. And then he sat one in there, a backdoor sweeper, against Andres Jimenez in the fourth inning on an 0-2 count just locks guys up. This thing moves so much. Uh, Actually, where does it rank on movement? Uh, For horizontal movement, it is bright red, which tells me it is in the top 2% in the league as far as horizontal movement goes on a curveball at 16.7 inches of break. Uh, So, yeah, it really, really cooks, really moves. He also threw a couple of changeups. Got Nolan Jones on a high changeup. Uh, got Stephen Kwan in that first inning on a low changeup below the knees. And then a couple of cutters to the glove side. Uh, gets Ahmed Rosario chasing a cutter out there. And gets Luke Mailey chasing a cutter out there. So that's where the 10 strikeouts came from for Kluber. Uh, and let's go to the CSW numbers. Why not? Let's keep praising Corey Kluber. Uh, and that curveball, yeah. It only had two whiffs. But it had nine called strikes on a curveball. And we don't see that on breaking pitches very often. So he had a 48% CSW. Incredible. Uh, He had a 75% whiff rate on his changeup. That's good for a 37% total CSW on the day. Now, it's not to say he was invincible. But Klubot will make a mistake every now and then. And he made one mistake. One mistake to Andres Jimenez. Uh, the home run was the other storyline of this game because home runs and strikeouts would affect Pleaseak and it would affect Kluber here. The Guardians are able to get a little rally going in not a little rally, a big rally going in the sixth inning. They're down five to one. Jose Ramirez kicks the rally off with a double. He was jumping on Kluber early, not giving in. Uh, and he shoots one down into the right field corner for a double. And uh after Owen Miller gets hit by a pitch, it brings up Andres Jimenez and he gets a two seam sinker that was up on a 1-0 count. I don't know if it was a get me over, you know, fastball from Kluber just to try to get back into the count, but he leaves it elevated, leaves it right at the belly and Andres Jimenez, the bat speed, the bat speed, the exit velocity was one hundred four point eight. Uh, let me give you all the home run information here. Cause I know you care so much about launch angle. Um, Let's see here. The exit velocity was 104.8, launch angle 31 degrees, 422, out to the seats in right field. But he, I mean, the bat speed is the thing that really impressed me on this home run. He cranks this thing. He unloads on this thing. The hands were so fast. The head of the bat just snaps around, especially when they show that side view replay of it. Uh, That bat speed was incredible. And for guys like Andres Jimenez, who, look, Andres Jimenez is not going to beat anybody in a bodybuilding competition, right? Uh, It's bat speed. That's how these guys get it done. That's how they do it. It's all about bat speed. And he absolutely unloads on a high fastball. So continuing, continuing after the all-star game, his his incredible season. Uh, He's really, really been good. Uh, and he got moved up in the lineup a little bit in this one, right? Francona held him down a little bit in the first game, moves him up in the lineup, and rewards him with a three-run home run. So uh, Kluber wasn't invincible. Uh, Ramirez did double off him twice, so Ramirez got aggressive. It was funny. In pregame, they asked Kluber about facing Ramirez, and you could tell in his response he wasn't too excited about facing Jose Ramirez. He knows exactly how good of a hitter Jose is. And he's like, yeah, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm gonna do my thing and whatever happens is gonna happen. And that's the that's the approach you probably have to take. Um, so yeah, so that's what was going on with Corey Kluber. On the other side of things, they were hammering Zach Pleaseak pretty good. I mean, Kluber only gives up four hard hit balls on the entire day over six innings. Policeak lasts five innings, gives up one, two, three, four, five, six, seven hard hit balls. So not terrible, but they got him for home runs. They got him for home runs. He did have seven strikeouts, but he also gave up seven hits in five innings. Gives up five earned runs. Did have two walks in there, too, which hurts him. But he gives up a home run early in the game uh, in that first inning. He walks Luke Raley, and After Yanny Diaz flies out deep to center field. I mean, he hit one 100.3 miles per hour. It just petered out in center field, 396 feet. The next batter, Brandon Lowe, or Brandon Lau, Gets one. He gets an inside fastball, 106.1 miles per hour, 414, and no doubt about a shot out to right field. A two-run home run, already to kick things off from Tampa Bay. So Cleveland's playing behind. No matter what kind of run support X getting, they're playing from behind in this one. Uh He would settle down until Yandy Diaz got a third shot at him. And in his third at-bat, I believe this is his third at-bat, right? Yeah, he grounded out in his second at-bat. In his third at-bat, he comes up again with runners on. Uh, Luke Rayleigh once again on base to uh, set things up. This is with two outs, and this time he gets a spinner. He gets a slider that sits just, just to the right of the middle of the plate and hits at 108.2 mile per hour exit velocity, 23 degree launch angle, 426. My God, Yandy Diaz is strong. That was a muscle shot. Uh, really, really destroyed. I believe it was the hardest hit ball in the day. Yes, it was. Uh, right above one of Jose Ramirez's uh, shots. Uh, Jose Ramirez was up there twice. So was Yandy Diaz. Man, every time we played Tampa Bay, it's just a reminder that we gave away Yandy Diaz, kind of for Jake Bowers. It was also the thing where we you know, we got rid of Encarnacion and picked up Carlos Santana. It was a big three-team trade, but we gave up on Yandy Diaz. And that will, for ever haunt this front office that they gave up on Yandy Diaz. Because he has been – Arizona's or – Tampa, or Tampa Bay. I would said Arizona because I'm looking at Randy Rosarena. Uh, Tampa Bay is weird with their lineup construction. The first game, Diaz is leading off. is hitting third. G-Man Choi is hitting cleanup. In this game, they completely flipped the lineup around. Now G-Man Choi is leading off. Diaz is hitting third. is down to fifth. So, man, they really moved their lineup around at Tampa Bay. Some numbers somewhere told them that that's the you know ideal lineup against Zach Plesak. So they go with it, and they end up winning the game. So, hey, credit where credit's due there. Um, but, yeah, Yanni Diaz was just hunting for a home run off of Well, My God, I told you in that first inning, he almost put one out. In this fifth inning, he gets them. I mean, it made it a 5-1 game. Plesak ugh, was not looking good for Plesak at this point. He's lucky that they're able to come back get themselves back into this game finally in the top of the sixth inning. They had a chance to get them off the hook. Uh, they do get to uh, De Los Santos in the eighth. A couple of hits and a walk lead to a run coming in. So they get their insurance run, make it a 6-4 to four game. But we had our chance. I kept saying in the ninth inning, my, my buddy was up for the concert. I was like, we got sh- if they get to Jose, there's a chance. They just got to get to Jose. And they did. Straw with a single. Quan hits into a force out. Uh, They almost throw the ball away, but they get Straw second base. Ahmed Rosario finally delivers a single, and it sets up Jose Ramirez, and unfortunately, they just blow him away. I mean, Fairbanks is no joke. Fairbanks throwing 99 miles per hour is no joke. And he just stays high on Jose Ramirez. Uh, Gets him to swing through a high fastball. Gets him to swing through an inside fastball that's still above the Above the belt. I'm sorry, that was a called strike. That was a called strike. So now he's got him down in the count 0-2. And what does he do? He just stays with high fastballs. Doesn't mess with the breaking ball. Doesn't give him a chance at a changeup or a curve or any whatever else Fairbanks throws. I don't even know what else Fairbanks throws. Uh, did he throw anything besides fastballs? He throws a slider. Throws a slider. Well, he wasn't about to spin a slider on Jose Ramirez. Uh, just goes high up above the shoulders and gets Jose Ramirez to chase a high fastball at 99.3 miles per hour to strike out to end the game. It was it was a weird day where like every time a Guardians player struck out, they like hesitated at the plate. Like d- did that just happen? A couple of guys when they got called out on those on that sl- on that curveball, the sweeper, that's what he calls it. They just kind of froze at the plate. I don't know if the umpire just wasn't making calls. There was a couple guys that walked that that hesitated at the plate. Like they weren't sure what the call was uh it was weird so even guys that struck out swinging i mean miles Stratt did it earlier in the game they they kind of froze at the plate like did, did that just happen did i just do that so yeah a team that does not strike out a lot uh really felt the k on this one like i said kluber gets 10 pache who comes in and pitches the eighth colin i think i'm saying that right pache or Poach uh, gets two, and then Fairbanks in the ninth gets two more strikeouts. So yeah, 14 strikeouts on the day for a Guardians team that does not strike out a lot. All right, I think that's all my thoughts on this one. Oh, the other thing was the, uh, the bullpen mounds out there. They're unprotected bullpens. And the Rays outfielders had a terrible time with those bullpen mounds. There were some weird things defensively all day, but I think three times... We saw Rays outfit corner outfielders trip over those bullpen mounds. There was another one at Roman Qu- hit at Roman Quinn in left field where he like couldn't play a hop and it like bounced over his head and he just kind of grazed it to slow it down. I think that was Andres Jimenez, his double, yeah, uh, late in the game, and uh, that was a weird one. That took a weird hop on the turf out there, and I mean Quinn's got to knock that thing down. You can't let a ball like that get past you. And then uh, Andres Jimenez makes a great play, ranging all the way to his left, deep into right field. But unfortunately, when he slides on his back, his legs come up in the air, and throw he throws the ball into his own leg. So there was a lot of some weird defensive things going on around the field uh, yesterday in this one. But uh, that's all my thoughts on this one. I mean, Kluber really was fantastic with that strikeout pitch. I couldn't believe he locked up so many hitters, and the right-handed hitters with that sweeper, uh, I mean, frankly, he should get MVP on that day. However, this is a Guardians podcast, not a Tampa Bay Rays podcast, not a former Cleveland franchise players podcast. Uh, although, yeah, Andy Diaz and Corey Kluber, uh, you would, you kind of would enjoy having him on this team, even though Kluber's fastball isn't up there anymore. He's that dude still knows how to pitch. He was still teaching lessons yesterday in how to pitch. Um, MVP of the day, I think I'm going to go with Andres Jimenez, the two extra base hits the big three run home run um, it was a big day offensively for Andres Jimenez so he's taken home MVP of the day he did, he got us back into the game I mean at 5-1, most Guardians fans probably were close to turning that game off until Andres Jimenez hit that three run home run, got us back in the game gave us a chance, so with that, he's taken home MVP on the day alright, I told you it was going to be a shorter episode, I'm getting out of here There were a few more trades, but I don't think there's anything earth-shattering yesterday. Uh, So we're still waiting for the dam to break on the trade deadline. There were a few little trades, but uh, nothing that's going to affect the Guardians' chances yet. Um, So let's wrap this thing up. Again, the final from Tropicana Field. It's the Rays 6, the Guardians 4. Again, from Progressive Field, it's Elton John with an incredible concert. You can follow me on Twitter at Dave Barris. You can email the show at Cleveland Baseball Mornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game and we'll discuss them on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Anchor, so if you go to anchor.fm forward slash Cleveland Baseball Mornings, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play them back in the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning.